Hello, Lifesavers. Welcome back to another episode of In My Shoes, your guide to bridging all things healthcare with diversity. I'm Stephanie, one of your hosts, along with Chris and Crystal. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. In our previous episode, we spoke to Dr. Eccles, who shared a vast majority of information. She gave tips about professional school, in addition to important information on how to become equipped for your future in healthcare. Whether you're currently a student, a graduate student, or if you're in the healthcare system. In this week's episode, we are going to kick off Mental Health Awareness Month, which starts in May. And throughout the month, we will be covering important mental health topics in relation to students, so you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. So let's talk about mental health. But before we get into what it is, let's talk about what does well-being mean to you guys? Well, well-being to me is being in a good health physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I believe that these are four points that tie right into each other, and it's what makes the world goes around. I agree with you, Stephanie. Personally, I think mental health means being um, healthy mentally, behaviorally, emotionally, cognitively. Guys, I think those are both amazing definitions. Um, The World Health Organization actually states that mental health is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Similarly, the Oxford Dictionary states that mental health is a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. So if we think about it, when you sum everything up, all our definitions or all what mental health or what well-being means to us ties directly into the two definitions that you guys have already pointed out. So if an individual is ultimately giving back to their community, basically in being well or being able to cope. And in fact, the global economy loses about a trillion U.S. dollars. Well, it was taken by the U.S., right? Uh, trillion US dollars per year in productivity due to depression and anxiety. And I think that kind of shows you how important this is to our economy and our lifestyle. So now that we have the official definitions of what mental health means, how can we actually relate it back and see how it applies to us? Let's put the definition to test. How about um, let's relate it to the coronavirus pandemic. How do you all think your mental health was put to the test during that time? I think it was really important for us to see as scribes how our job changed during that time. Um, I know for one, I was working in the emergency room and I slowly saw our patients start changing from, you know, the variety of people you'd see in the emergency room start shifting slowly towards mainly respiratory issues due to COVID. And every day we walked into work, we all of a sudden had new guidelines from the CDC and every day they would change. And it was a little scary. Um, It was very different from the norm that you would expect. And I mean, of course, working in an emergency room, you'd never know what's walking through your doors, but to know that there was a pandemic going on and you know, you learned a little bit through history class and you knew that at the time when any of those previous pandemics broke out, that a lot of people didn't know the knowledge that they had that we had after the pandemic passed. 
So at that time, they're dealing with the unknown. And I think that that was one thing that was really scary, dealing with the unknown. No, personally, when I, um, when we first got put into quarantine here in South Florida, it was a bit difficult, I guess, trying to adjust to staying home all the time. And so basically, being at home all the time, we had to figure out ways to distract ourselves and work on our mental health because it's astounding how much the coronavirus and the pandemic and the whole... You know, you, you're even, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people were even scared to go outside in the beginning. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, because I, I will still go out, mm-hmm. not like in crowded places or anything, because I lived in South, South Florida. Mm-hmm. And so where I live, it's really more um, agricultural and more foresty like, I guess. And so I had more access to going outside and going hiking and going running because I even now I barely even <laughs> run into people sometimes when I do that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have that that risk at that time. I think for me, it took a toll um, on the mental um, capacity when we were uh, compelled to wearing masks. I'm very claustrophobic. So it played on my mental health very, very badly. Um, but I, you know, I like Chris was then confined to my house because of the fact that would I rather put the mask over my face and uh, be subjected to hyperventilation or, you know, trying to panic attacks, you know, all of those things. Um, or would I just rather stay in the house? But then after seeing the four walls and seeing the paint all over the walls, you know, you can tell, oh, well, that's not really done correctly or something like that. You know, you were able to, you know, just focus in, own in on being home. It really showed me how like the um, World Health Organization stated that, you know, the community at large plays a major part on your mental health being outside, being able to interact. It goes back to how mental health relates to us, where we stated that, you know, it's a part of the physical, emotional, mental, and and, and spiritual well-being. Ultimately, not being able to participate in those four points, it affected me. And it made me, you know, now I feel like we're going to have a problem. We have to actually interact with other people because we have been so closed away or closed off. So that's how I believe the, the pandemic has has played a part in the mental health. You know what's weird when you bring about the mask? I actually like like the mask for some reason because it's like a safety blanket for me now. So that whenever I go out, it's one of the the, the things you have to grab, right? It's your phone, your wallet, your keys, and then the mask now. And so now I feel like when we stop wearing them, I feel so empty, so like, so naked without it. And in a sense, the mask has been like uh, a good thing. I know a lot of people are very um, opposed to it, but without it, you know, we wouldn't be able to control the whole pandemic. It's I do agree 100%. Now it has become a part of our everyday living. You wake up, you brush your teeth, you, you know, wash your face, you take a shower, the whole nine yards. It has become a part of our routine. Like you said, you grab your phone, you grab your keys, your pocketbook, whatever it might be, and you have your mask. You cannot go anywhere without it. But in the initial state stages, when I had to put it on, it was me having to fight back and say, you know, 
hey, you're going to be okay. It's here to protect you. You know, I had to actually speak positive to myself and explain to myself that this thing is here to save your life. And you are so correct. The mask is vital. It is very important in that if it wasn't for the mask, maybe majority of us would have been affected by the pandemic and we have we would have lost many more lives than you know we have seen and of course we pay respects to those who actually lost someone due to covid and to spiral off i believe that that is another thing that affected people mentally when it came to you know the different deaths that were experiencing COVID, not being able to be there in the hospital with your loved ones as they're, you know, going through this situation, not even being able to say goodbye. Now I'll ask, how would that have made you feel if you were put in that situation? I know it's a hypothetical situation, but let's imagine, let's put ourselves in that shoe. How would you have handled it? Well, situation of losing somebody? Yeah, of uh, you're in a, if you're if your loved one being confined to a hospital room and not being able to basically go in to see them, bring them what they might need in that moment, um, or even losing someone to the pandemic or to the virus. Honestly, I would be devastated. But I know my mom was actually she was hospitalized for not that long for um around October of last year, not COVID related, but more asthma related. She had a really bad asthma case. And so I know with the whole code restrictions, we couldn't go in with her to the hospital emergency room and be with her. And so just her being there by herself was really nerve wracking because we didn't know if she was gonna contract the coronavirus when she was there, or we'll see her again, or she'll be okay. I mean, she didn't, she did, she was like, um, she was discharged uh, about two days afterwards and she was, doing a lot better and so I can only imagine how other families feel when their um their loved ones go in and don't walk out or they have no idea what's going on with them so it is really devastating to even think about that I totally agree with you there in the beginning of 2020 my uh, grandfather's health back in Trinidad took a really really sharp decline and I was able to visit and see him in the hospital and he had to undergo two different surgeries got through it he was good to go um he was discharged to go home after a long battle with pneumonia um and when covid started they finally started picking up um i remember returning home and then the borders shut down so i remember that i, I couldn't go back and visit so i was able to keep in contact call quite often um, speak to him, see how his recovery was going. And uh, later on in that year, unfortunately, he did pass away due to complications. And it was hard. You couldn't go home. You couldn't see anybody. You couldn't be there for anybody. And for us, it was it was quite difficult. Um, so we actually had to do what we were seeing on CNN. We arranged a Zoom funeral because a lot of people back home couldn't go, even though they were in the country. Uh, we couldn't go because we were in a different country. Um, a lot of our family is spread out around the United States and Canada. So none of us were able to go. We could just connect through Zoom. And I have to say, I was very thankful for technology in that time. But it's hard. It's, it's, it's difficult knowing that you had that freedom to be able to visit. And even though it wasn't directly due to COVID, his death wasn't directly due to COVID, everything was surrounding this 
was due to COVID. Everything was locked down. The health organization was taking every steps to make sure that you were safe, even though you were in a moment of grief. Like you going there could have contracted the virus, brought it back to the United States, and then you could have easily spread it. So I understand that in a way that, you know, they did that to keep everyone on the side and us safe. But at the same time, it was hard. Yeah, my heart goes out to you and your family, Crystal. That's really hard to have to deal with. And I think a lot of families had to deal with that too, not being able to attend funerals, even see their family members, and having everything, to do, having everything um, virtual, which I know um, helped, I guess, in a way, deteriorate a lot of mental health for a lot of people. I, I too want to give my um, sympathies to you and your family also, Crystal, and, you know, all the families out there that were drastically affected by coronavirus. Um, but this actually just opened my eyes to something that mental health has no color, has no shape, has no gender, has no age. It can affect a wide spectrum and a wide majority of individuals. And we never know when it's going to strike. We can be on high in one moment. And just like that, just like how the pandemic came by surprise and knocked us, this thing can come and knock us. I feel like in a sense, the whole pandemic has been, in a way, uh, a blessing in disguise for a lot of us because... If it, if it wasn't for the pandemic, mental health wouldn't have been on the table in the first place, right? We wouldn't be talking about it so much. And well, because of it, a lot of us, a lot of people do have um, a lot of mental health issues. But now it's not so much of a stigma in a way. So we can go out and get the help that we actually need. I absolutely agree with you there, Chris. Um, according to the World Health Organization, um, half of mental health disorders actually begin before the age of 14. And I know that a lot of people, you know, they hear um, their kids say, yeah, you know, today I'm not feeling too well. Sometimes they're not able to pinpoint how exactly they're feeling. And a lot of times adults just can't understand. And it's not that they don't want to, they try to relate to, but they just can't understand. And I feel like after this pandemic, a lot of people are able to understand their kids and understand the fact that, hey, okay, I understand that you don't feel well. How can we help you? What can we do to help you? And like you said, Chris, mental health is now a topic. It's now being discussed. It's not no longer taboo. It's something that people say, okay, look, this is real. We just went through a whole pandemic. I know I don't feel right. I Is this depression? Is this anxiety? What is this? And they want to get to the root and they want to figure out what it is and they want to help. And I think that's so important. And you know what? The whole stigma and taboo of mental health is really um, apparent in a lot of cultures. I know as far as Hispanics go, there is a whole stigma with it. You know, you, you say you feel down or something, you know, it's always brushed off or you get labeled crazy or, or, or some sort of that. And it is it helps, I guess, to exacerbate the problem because you feel like you have nobody to talk to and nobody to turn to and nobody that listens. But I guess now with this whole situation and more that more people are coming forward to having um, some mental issue or just feeling a certain way that we're now beginning to talk about it and we're all listening and actually trying to help each other figure out how we can get over this. Yeah, it's important for us to express, especially to our listeners, that 
there are resources out there. There are things that you can do within the comfort of your very own home to get that, you know, stability or to gain, to, to feel yourself again. Um, I like to put it that way because a lot of time when we um, feel out of whack or, you know, we feel like our mental health is declining, we, we like to state, oh my gosh, I'm not feeling myself. So in order for you to feel yourself again, pick up a hobby, start knitting, start reading like Crystal say, start listening to music, try different genres of music that you've never tried before. You don't know what you will start loving. Um, you know, start paying attention to the little things, but most importantly, pay respect to the fact that mental health is real and it can affect any and everyone. And in affecting every and anyone, we also have to understand that not because you are having a mental health episode or you might be having a breakdown or you feel a little bit depressed at a moment, it's not always something that you have to pop a pill as they would state or be given medication. There are wide, vast of things that can be done for uh, mental health crises. And I'm sure Crystal and Chris would like to own in on this and give you some advice as to what can be done and what resources are out there. A lot of people immediately think that, you know, counseling equals medication. That's not always true. Counseling sometimes just means you need someone to talk to. And I know a lot of people on here are our listeners. Um, I know a majority of you probably have watched um, Grey's Anatomy and you're familiar with the very famous Christina Yang and Meredith Grey dance parties. Sometimes you're just so stressed you need to have a dance party. And honestly, that helps. Do whatever you think is best for you. That's important. And not only that, but you, there's also resources out there that can help you. There's organizations out there that will give you a helping hand when you need it. Um, some of those organizations are the National Crisis Text Line. We can directly text into at 741741. There's also a grounding technique you can use called the 54321 grounding technique that will help you get more level-headed if you need it. Uh, there's also organizations such as the Anxiety and Depression Association of America that have resources that can help you. Or you can reach out to more racially specific ones, as like the Black Emotional Mental Health um, Organization, the Asian Mental Health Collective. Um, you can even also reach out to Emotions Anonymous, Be Strong, or even the Live Well Foundation. But all these organizations are out there to help spread awareness about mental health within communities and help you guys deal with it talk about it and find resources that can help you be a better you. All these resources will be posted onto our social media site on Instagram. So don't forget to keep looking at our page. We will connect it there. We'll connect it on our Twitter as well. Our message to you throughout this entire month and honestly throughout our podcast is it's okay to ask for help because we are here for you. And a, a very famous quote that is um, if you're in the South Florida area that's on the um, 595 or 95 area, there's a billboard that says it's okay not to be okay. And the, the, the message behind that is if you're not okay, it's okay to acknowledge that you're not okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Seek help. 
We're here for you and we want to provide the, the best and most accurate information that we can because that's what it's needed. If we all work together as a cohesive unit, we can all help each other in the long run. That's a great message, Stephanie. We always see that whenever we drive down the 595, that's always a prominent message in our society down here. Um, and I think in addition to that, sometimes um, you need something that'll keep you accountable. I know a lot of us have smartphones, um, as flip phones are now a thing of the past. Um, and a lot of us have our apps that, you know, we go on there to play daily. If whether it's our to-do list, whether it's Candy Crush. So I wanted to introduce five apps that are also for therapy, mental health, and places where you can get professional help. Uh, Talkspace, BetterHelp, Lark with an R, so it's L-A-R-K-R, Regain, and Teen Counseling. These are five of the most um, top-rated therapy apps for 2021 where you can get professional help and they're there to help you no matter what. We have two scholarships for you guys today. The first is called the Shape America Bill Kane Undergraduate Scholarship, which is awarded annually. The applicants must be students officially recognized as undergraduate health education majors at an accredited college or university in the U.S. The other is called the Desire to Inspire Scholarship, which is a one-time financial award of $3,000 that is dedicated to recognizing young individuals from historically underrepresented minority groups who are interested in a career in healthcare and are making a determined effort to inspire others in some way, shape, or form. Both of the links to these scholarships can be found in our description of the episode. So if you have enjoyed today's episode about mental health and the information that we have brought to you, we ask that you stay tuned. We have a very special guest that will be coming next week, Dr. Perez. She is a psychiatrist who will be providing professional advice for us um, about mental health, uh, sleep deprivation, how mental health can affect us in school, how mental health can affect us our in our careers, and in general, how to stay in the right frame of mind. So I know she has a powerful and impactful message and story to share with us. So if you'd like to hear more about Dr. Perez, please join us next week as we air In My Shoe. Thank you again, Lifesavers, for always being faithful and listening to us as we provide you with information for your future. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Bye, guys.